Hey, it's your host Bilal. Welcome to Way More Customers. Today on this episode, I have Rocco here, who is, you know, a superstar. He's a lawyer, he's an entrepreneur, uh, he's a father, and he's also a TEDx speaker. Thanks for having me. I truly appreciate it. My pleasure, Rocco. So let's get started. Let's let's um how did you start your morning today? Same way I start my morning pretty much for the past probably five, six years. I have a pretty solid morning routine. It's kind of how I, uh, I, I, I have a morning routine and an evening routine. So I bookend my day. I get up, I work out, I meditate, I journal, I write my goals. Um, and then I play some brain games. So I kind of have the same routine and it's, especially through what we're going through now as a country with this whole quarantine, it's really helped keep some sanity in life, right? Because it's that same routine I just keep every day and it's seven days a week, you know, every day of the year. Okay. And like, um, like you do this to, to become productive. Yeah. I, I find that, you know, for years, the, I believe that first hour of the day really sets the tone for the day. And a lot of entrepreneurs and business people, sometimes they just go to bed and start running and not really have a plan that that hour gives me a chance to plan out my day, collect my thoughts, stay focused. You know, I do things for myself. You know, I work out, I read, I try and develop skills. So I come into the day after I journal and you know, write my gratitude list and my goals. I'm very focused and positive for the day and it really helps set the tone for the day. Okay. And so like, how long have you like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it took you time to actually like, come up with this routine, right? Yeah, it's been, you know, I, I've been into personal development and, and routines for, I mean, years. I mean, I'm 40, I'll be 43 this year. So in my mid thirties, I started figuring out and that has evolved over time, right? My, my routine hasn't always been exactly as it is today. It's evolved over time. It'll continue to evolve as I learn new things, develop new skills, but it's, it's a constant evolutionary process, I would say. Okay. So, um, you, did you mention that, sorry, um, like, uh, when I was looking at your Instagram you know, profile, like I saw that, you know, you're very active, um, you know, at, at the gym, like you like to work out a lot. Absolutely. That, that has been one, it's just, it's a stress relief for me Two, I believe, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you want to be a high performing business owner, entrepreneur, you have to take care of your health first, right? There's that the, the oxygen mass example, when you're on a plane, they say if the plane's crashing and the oxygen masks come down, put yours on first before you help someone else. And I truly believe that I have to take care of myself, my physical health and my mental health before I could be a good business leader, business owner, a lawyer, a father, an entrepreneur. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a part of my day every single day. Okay. And so when you're working out, like, uh, how long are you working out for? So I, um, it depends. So in the morning I, I do some sort of cardiovascular activity and that's kind of, that's not necessarily for the fitness benefit. It really helps me get my brain moving. So I don't do super high intense workouts. I may be 45 minutes to an hour in the morning, but while I'm doing it, I'm reading, I'm playing my brain games. I'm getting other stuff done on there. Then later in the day, I'll actually go to the gym or I have a gym here in my home. And that's usually, I, I keep it very, um, you know, 35 to 50 minutes. I'm very efficient. I don't waste time. I like to get in, get out, get it done because I have a lot of other things to do, but that's, that's part of my day. It's built into my schedule. It's in my calendar every day. It's, it's a non-negotiable for me. Okay. 
Like, would you say it's one of the most important things that you have on your schedule? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, it's taking care of your health. You know, if I want to, you know, I operate at a pretty high level, you know, I'm working all the time. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm involved in a lot of different businesses outside of my law practice. And if I'm not physically fit or mentally sharp, I wouldn't be able to do it. So to me, it's, it's definitely, in my opinion, probably the most important thing I do every day. Okay. Wow. Um, who makes your schedule? Do you make it yourself or do you have someone who, who makes it for you? So I, I typically do most of it. my assistant, uh, she, she'll schedule meetings for me, schedule phone calls for me, especially when we're in there. We haven't been in the office for a few weeks, obviously, but uh, she handles a lot of that when I'm dealing with clients or other business associates, she'll schedule that for me. But then every Sunday I sit down and schedule out my week. I put in my workout times, my uh, writing times, my productive work times. I kind of build it into different buckets of things I do during the week. And then she handles the actual phone calls, the meetings with other people, that type of stuff. So we both manage the schedule, I would say. Okay. And so uh, when you're planning like a week ahead, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen that same day. Mm -hmm. um, does your schedule change daily based on like how you progress throughout the day or like you try to really stick to your schedule? So that's a good question. So I, what I try and do is, you know, if, if, if say my normal day is a 12 hour day, there's probably six of those hours that are scheduled. There's something that's in there, non-negotiable. I leave that other time for things that come up. I know, okay, if a meeting comes up or I have to deal with a client issue or um, an opportunity pops up, so I leave that. And then I also, what I've tried to do more recently is schedule most of my meetings on two of the days of the week. So I'm not going all over the place to different meetings and just getting kind of disjointed as a, um, or my schedule is getting disjointed. So I may say, okay, this week, I'm going to try and schedule all of my out of office meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But again, it comes down to, I try and be fluid. So I don't, I'm not real hard and fast. Like it's it ha workouts. Those are non-negotiable. A few things non-negotiable, but I also leave some flexibility in my schedule as well. You have to as an entrepreneur, I believe. Okay. So um, in your schedule, do you have also like time for your family? That's non-negotiable as well. Yeah, that's again, that's something that, you know, in the evenings or on the weekends, uh, when there's kids events, you know, those are all scheduled in there as well. And then I, again, what I always say as an entrepreneur, there's, I don't believe there's any such thing as pure work life balance, right? We're constantly out of balance. It's our job as entrepreneurs and business owners to understand when we're too far one way or the other. So I know there may be some weeks where I'm working a lot. I didn't spend a ton of time with my kids. So I have to make that adjustment over the weekend or in the following week, but it's just being very self-aware. I try and schedule as much as I can, but sometimes things get in the way and I just need to make sure that I'm self-aware enough to know when I'm not, when I'm spending too much time at work or not enough time at work or too much time with family and not enough time with family. It's a constant balancing act. It really is. Okay. Okay, Rocco. So uh, I want to know uh, how many businesses are you actually involved in? <sighs> Uh, at this point, I would say about six or seven different businesses. And do you own all of them? I uh, either own or co-own. Yeah. So I, you know, I have, you know, my, my law practice, my, my coaching and consulting business. I have, uh, I own an olive oil and wine company. I own some real estate companies, a real estate settlement company. Um, I'm getting involved in a winery. So I, you know, 
it could be I may own 10%, I may own 100%, but I like to have a lot of different business interests. It's something I've always loved to do. It's a passion of mine. So I try, and again, I, I only get involved in businesses where I believe that my skill set and my expertise can help move the needle of that business. Okay. So um, all these like seven businesses that you've mm-hmm. uh, made, um, like have you made them starting with your yourself or you partner up with people? Yeah. So the, the ones I own myself, those were started from scratch. The other ones were, I started pretty much from scratch with business partners at the time. Mm-hmm. The only one right now that is not something I was involved in from the start is this winery I'm getting involved with. I'm going to invest in the business, kind of help them take it to the next level. But all the other businesses I owned, I was there from day one. Okay. And just approximately how much like is like each business doing? Uh, is there like over 100K, 200K, 500K? They're all over the place. You know, my, my law practice and my other um, legal processing company, they're very successful. Some of the ones, I mean, they could be from you know, 100K to, you know, close to, you know, 700K. Dep- wow. Depending on, now that's revenue, that's not profit. So, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, they're, they're all over the board. And, and depending on the, t- like the economic times, things change. And you, as an owner, you have to constantly adjust and yeah. figure out. Like I look at all my businesses. There's nothing outside of my law practice and like the consulting and coaching I do. That's really the, the general income I earn on a day-to-day basis. Everything else I look is investments. I'm not trying to take capital from it now. These are long-term plays that I'll cash out on five, 10 years from now. Okay. And so for your consulting business, like what do you, what kind of clients do you focus on? So I, I work with a lot of small businesses. So small businesses and then athletes and entertainers. So in my law practice, right, as a lawyer, that's what I work with. I work with small to mid-sized businesses, a few larger ones, and then I have athletes and entertainers. However, in doing that, I realized a lot of them didn't necessarily need a lawyer they needed some sort of business advice or business consulting because that's how my consulting practice started. I didn't really have to provide them legal services, but I, you know, I have an MBA, I run businesses. So I started providing consulting services. So it's really the same type of clients in both practices. It's just one I'm giving legal advice and one I'm giving business consulting advice to. Okay. Um, so for, for your main business, like I mean, you mentioned, it was consulting, how much like uh, gross uh, approximately do you think you're making? So, so my law, I would say my law practice is really the main business in, in this year compared to last year. If I look at it month over month, I've grown 4X. Wow. So, so, so okay. 4X in fees on a monthly basis. Okay, great. Um, okay, so um, let, let's talk about your consulting. Uh, you, is that sure. something you started off with or you started off with uh, the, the legal practice first? The, the, le- the legal practice what I started with. The consulting was kind of that offshoot because as I was working with those law firm clients, I realized that they didn't need a lawyer for the things they thought they needed help with. And that's how I started that consulting business. So that was kind of an offshoot of my law practice. Okay. So how did you get started with law? I, you know, when I was a kid, I love to argue and debate. So <laughs> that's kind of how I went into the field of law. And, and I always looked at being a lawyer as a means to an end. I never said, I want to go to law school, work in a law firm and be a law firm partner and only do that. I looked at it as being a lawyer will open up doors, will give me opportunities and I'll always have something to fall back on. And then, so I worked in corporate America. And then when I started my own practice in 2013, 
I, I looked at it not from a lawyer's perspective, but from an entrepreneur's perspective. So I started my practice differently. I just ran it like a business, not a law firm. And that's why it's grown so much because I just approached the practice of law different. I approach it from an entrepreneur mindset, not a lawyer mindset. And it's just okay. been, it's been amazing to do it. How do you make that transition from actually just being uh, you know, a lawyer to actually opening up and becoming an entrepreneur? It's, you know, it's, the entrepreneur was always in my blood from the beginning, right? I, when I, the moment I graduated law school, within two months, I started buying real estate. So I always had that entrepreneur bug. I always wanted to do more, be more, have more. So I, I didn't really transition from one to the other. They just kind of both developed at the same time. Because I graduated law school, I mean, in 2003. And a few months later, I bought my first rental property. And that's when I started getting into the entrepreneur side of things. And they've just kind of went on the same path. Okay. So, um, you know, um, like, I understand you, you bought your first rental property. Were you mm -hmm. actually like studying someone uh, or someone showing you how to buy them before you made your first purchase? I, I read a lot of books and made a lot of mistakes. And that's, you know, I didn't really have a mentor in the business helping me, which would have been looking back would have probably been a great idea to do that because my business partners and I, the first rental properties we purchased, we made every mistake you could possibly make as a real estate investor. However, I looked at that as a great learning lesson. You know, it wasn't very expensive properties, so we were able to take that hit and we learned a lot about ourselves as investors, as business owners. So it really helped me get better along the way. So going into the, the deal, like you had thought that you were gonna make a profit but um, we well, we thought you know we knew how to buy property. We thought we understood real estate. So we you know we we got a good deal. We we financed it the right way, but we didn't inspect the properties as deeply as we should. Put it that way. So within a month of owning the properties, everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. <laughs> so we had a lot of repair work. We had to learn to fix a lot because we didn't have the capital at that point in time to pay people to do the work. So we had to learn how to do a lot of this stuff ourselves. So it was definitely a, a learning lesson. It was a great experience. I look back on it now and say it was great. At the time, I was very frustrated. I was angry, but looking back, you know, I, I did learn a lot from it. Okay, so uh, you buy your first rental property. You didn't have a great experience. How did you yep. convince yourself now to do it again for ne next property? because we learned the mistakes. We, so, you know, I'm, I'm not one person to give up. I'm not a person that gives up, right? I, I'm gonna keep trying, I'm gonna keep learning, I'm gonna keep evolving. So we, I knew that real estate was one of the asset classes I wanted to own in life. And just letting that first deal deter me, I was not gonna let that happen. So once we bought those, we took, we took a step back, we waited a couple of years, we assessed, we thought through the next, and the next property we purchased in that company, it was the best property we could have ever owned. We didn't, we owned it for 12 years, never had a vacancy, not a single day of vacancy as a rental property and sold it for twice what we bought it for. So we learned a lot. We knew how to buy better. We, we knew how to price better. We knew how to operate better. So, and I, you know, still to this day, I'm buying real estate. Nice. You know, like, uh, you know, for a lot of people, you know, once they like lose money, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's such a big fear. Like it, they, like they stop doing it and yeah. Uh, it's nice that, you know, you continued and you got something even better. Yeah. Cause look, I, I, and I, I work with a lot of young entrepreneurs and people starting out and 
you know, I, I tell them all, if you're not willing to lose money or make mistakes, this isn't for you because you will not, you will have to fail 10, 15 times before you really hit the home run and, and, and hit that success level you want. I've failed so many times, made so many mistakes, but as long as you keep going, you'll eventually figure it out. But too many people expect, you know, to make a million dollars in their first year or hit that home run. I'm like, no, you got to put in the effort. You got to put in the work. You got to cut your teeth. You know, you got to take the bruises and the scars and, if you can get through that, not give up, you'll find success. It's not complicated. Right. You know, um, from someone who's very successful, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's, it makes sense. Right. But from yeah. someone who hasn't, you know, done it, you know, um, mm -hmm. let, let's say in this situation, like this person, uh, they need money. For example, this mm -hmm. month, they need to make, I don't know, an extra like 10 K or 5 K. Mm -hmm. And, um, so they try a bunch of these things, you know, cause, uh, most of the time, like when entrepreneurs are starting, they don't know what they're doing. So they try a lot of different things, you know, and sure. their focus is in a lot of different things. So how would you like guide someone, um, you know, out of that like uh, mindset of like, I don't know, doing too much or just focusing on something and how would they, uh, cause also what happens is when someone tries something, they fail, like they tr move on to something else. So quick, you know, very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, that's a great point. What I, what I tell, cause I, I used to be guilty of that. Right. Until I learned that, you have to, if you're trying five, six different things, you're never going to be good at any of them. You may be okay at them, but if you want to really you know, make that five, 10 grand a month, you've got to focus on one thing until you get really good at it and understand that that may take a year, a year and a half. It's not going to happen instantaneously. And so I work with a lot, you know, I've done some entrepreneur mentoring to, to people starting out and, and they have that same problem, right? They want to make money. So they're trying to sell stuff on eBay, Amazon, they're starting an online coaching business or doing all these different things. And they're not having success in any of them. Why? Then I asked them, I say, take one and just for the next 60 days, put all your effort into that one thing. And then we'll talk again. And in 99% of the cases, when someone does that, they see success some level of success and then that gives them that motivation to keep moving but you have to really stop assess and focus and then put your effort into one thing we can't you you, you got to try and limit the distractions you know that's really and, and what i tell people is find something don't just do it for the money yes if you want to make money i get it you have to make money but if you find something you're at least somewhat interested in doing the work is a lot easier right you know that makes uh, a lot of sense uh, but for someone like 60 days, you know, like for example, if they're spending money, let's say on advertisement, like Facebook ads, you know, mm -hmm. every week they spend like, you know, $500, $500, sure. $500, you know, it's so painful to get to that 60 days without getting, you know, any results. Yeah. But, but again, that, that's why, you know, and, and maybe I look at things differently, not everybody's cut out for it, right? You have to be willing to take that temporary pain. Right. If, if, if being an entrepreneur and owning a business and, and you know, making 10 K a month online or through some program was easy, everybody would do it, but it's, it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's not difficult. It's not complex. I mean, it's been, I always, I always tell people if someone else has done it, that means you can too. You just got to go through what they went through. And some people just aren't willing to do that because they want that in, you know, we live in this fast society, right? Instant gratification, instant, like everything's so quick. And they think that money should come quick. Well, you know, I know 
when I do, you know, Facebook ads for any of my businesses or I work with my marketing companies, I know the first 90 days we're testing stuff. We don't know what's going to work yet. So I'm not expecting to get an ROI in the first 90 days. I'm, I'm looking more, you have that long-term vision. And sometimes people have to take that step back and say, okay, maybe I don't need to spend this 500 bucks a week right now. If they can't afford it, find other ways to do it. Right. You know, that, that was very helpful. Um, you know, uh, great. So um, I was reading one of your uh, posts and, I, and uh, you mentioned that uh, freedom is the only worthy goal in life. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, someone asked me this a couple of weeks ago on a radio show and talking about, you know, what, what is the ultimate goal for me as an entrepreneur? To me, it's freedom. Freedom meaning I can choose to live my life the way I want to live. You know, I was in corporate America. I worked for someone and yeah, it was good. I made good money and I you know, had a good cushy job, but I wasn't free. I had to answer to someone. When I ripped that off and just done, just decided to be a full-fledged entrepreneur, no holds barred, no reliance on anyone, that's true freedom in my mind. And th that can come with making three grand a month or 300,000 a month. It, everybody's situation is different, but to me, that's the ultimate goal in life is having that freedom to be able to wake up every day and do what you want, when you want, and how you want. So uh, do you feel like you've attained that uh, portion of freedom? Yeah, I do. I really do. And I feel, I feel very blessed that, you know, I get to wake up and, you know, live the way I want to live and run these businesses and build these things. You know, we've been quarantined for what, three weeks now. And I've been fortunate enough, none of my businesses have really been impacted. One of my businesses has been impacted from it. But the majority of my income hasn't really been impacted because I've built systems in place that I've become a necessity to people. So I truly believe that it's great. Like if I don't want to do anything today or the next day or the next, I don't have to, but I also like what I do. So I do feel that like I feel truly blessed to have that freedom to be able to live how I want to live. Okay. Um, also, um, you mentioned, you know, um, that disregarding what's not in your control, like you focus on that, like you mentioned that uh, to attain your goal, you should remove the things that not in your control. Yeah. And again, that's where a lot of people I think go wrong. They, they focus on these things that they can't control. I always tell people, just focus on what you can control. You know, the things that you can do, you can't, you can't control what other people do, what other people think or what the market's going to do. All you can focus is on what you control. And I just say, put your effort and your mental energy into that. Where a lot of people go wrong, at least in my experiences, they focus on those things out of their control from a mental perspective. They're worried about what people are think. They're worrying about what other people are doing. Just worry about yourself. Worry about your actions, what you can control. I would say work with blinders on. And eventually you'll hit success. It's, it's that simple, but people get distracted. So when you start worrying about those things that are out of your control, you're limiting your mental capacity. Okay. So let's take that into example. Like, like, sure. like uh, for example, someone's like doing uh, cold calling because mm -hmm. starting their business and they just want to get more prospects. So uh, how does someone like uh, not think about like the rejection and people like hanging up and like, you know, just telling them off on the phone? Again, it's one of those things I, I tell people, you can, if you stop, if you worry about the opinions of others, 
you're going to be stopped dead in your tracks. People are going to say no. It, it, you know, it takes a hundred no's before you get that one yes. I always tell people that's one step closer to getting that yes. That no takes you one step closer to getting to the yes. And just understand that it's part of the process. It's not personal. It's business. It's really just shifting your mindset. It's really about your mindset. Too many people are worried about rejection and fear and the opinions of others. You've got to, and I used to be that way, right? In my 20s, in my early 30s, I used to care about what people thought. The moment I figured out that it doesn't matter anymore, everything changed for me. I operated differently. I didn't care about the opinions of others. If they didn't like me, oh, well, they were of no consequence to my life. Cold calling someone and then rejecting you, that really has no impact on your life, right? They're not your friend. They're not your family. You're not going to die. It's just part of the process. And you just got to keep moving through it. Yeah, it sucks at first, but you got to just keep pushing forward. And that's how you really do it. It's the, the, the stuff to be a successful entrepreneur is not complicated. It's hard, but it's not complicated. You just got to push yourself to get through it. Okay. So I can like relate this just to like training, right? Like you're pushing your, your limits to a point that you didn't think you could do, but you, you have someone or you're pushing yourself to pass that limit. How, how does someone like push themselves, you know, uh, in this example, like, um, and not be afraid of like getting rejected? I think you got to have a strong, and this, this is going to sound like the cliched answer, but it's true. You got to have a strong enough why. You got to know why you're doing it. And if, if, if why you're doing it matters that much, you'll keep pushing yourself. Some people, and money can't be the why. Like, that's the thing. That's where I think people go wrong. If people are trying to build a business and just, just to make money, that is never a strong enough why. That's why they get caught up in the rejection. That's why they get caught up in the negativity. When you, when you look at something bigger, that's why to me, my why is freedom. Like it's not about money's part of that, right? I have to have money to be free. I have to earn a good amount of money to feel freedom. But my why has always been my freedom. And that's strong enough for me to know I don't want anybody to control any aspect of my life. And that why pushed me to not worry about that stuff. If my why was only money, like I want to make $100,000 or I want to make a million dollars, that's not strong enough to, to shift that mental perspective to eliminate the worry and that's where people go wrong you got to have that strong enough why right so you know a lot of entrepreneurs they get into business because they're just looking to you know pay their rent or mm -hmm. you know pay, make a car payment you know so i mean i can i can see what you mean by making uh working for the money mm -hmm. um how does someone create a strong why i, I think you got to take a step back it's a lot of self-reflection right you gotta you gotta take a step back and look at what do you want your life to be you know if take that, take the example you gave someone's just working to make their car payment or to pay their rent. You know, in that situation, I would question and say, your why should be to not feel like you're behind the eight ball all the time, right? You're sitting there and you're worrying about rent and a car payment. That, and my, if I'm in that situation, my why is to get rid of that feeling, that feeling of despair, that feeling of distress. Like that's going to push me even harder because I don't want to feel that way. You know, I grew, up, I grew up pretty low middle class, like single mom raised me, didn't have much money. And that was also part of my life. I didn't want to live like that. So that motivated me even harder to push harder and to, to make more money and to do bigger things in my life. So you got to just do that self-reflection and understand what is your driving force in life. Okay. So let's say someone does have like a strong why, like they hate the situation they're in, you know, mm -hmm. 
um, and they want to have a change, right? Like in their life. And how would you, how would you like help them or guide them to that second step then? So once they establish that, why? Okay. So then they want to, they want to make this change and maybe start this business or do that next thing. Then it comes down to putting a plan in place, right? Again, this is where a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong. They just hit the ground running. They don't, they don't put a plan in place or try and follow a plan. And a, a client of mine said this to me probably over a year ago, and it's always stuck with me. Uh, he, he was kind of one of those guys, he's a digital marketing guy, and he was always talking about he would try these different things, right? He'd hear this person did it this way, so he would try that. Then he finally took a step back and said, I just picked a plan and just stuck to the plan and followed the formula. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. They try and do a little bit of everything. So when they're starting out, just if you want to follow one person's footsteps, you know, pick, you know, Russell Brunson or whom, or Grant Cardone or any of these entrepreneurs, pick their system and follow it to the end. Don't give up. Don't get this, you know, don't get distracted by the next thing that comes along. You got to, once you figure out that why you've got to establish, okay, my next step is formulating the plan. What is my plan of action? And then executing the plan to the fullest extent possible. Okay. So, uh you know, that's a good example. So you mentioned like, for example, if you're following, uh, you know, Russell Brunson, mm -hmm. um, let's say that you, because uh, the program he sells is like ClickFunnels. So let's say yep. you make like a website and to, you're using it to sell, uh, you know, products and services. Yep. So let's say that, you know, you've tried it for a month, but you haven't gotten any sales. And yep. he's telling you to use this program and you need to do this, 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 and this steps. But you know, you're coming to that point where it's not working. And you, mm -hmm. your mindset, you, you, you start, stop believing in it. Yep. Here's the, here's, here's what I would tell people. 95% of entrepreneurs give up on the five yard line. They, they get to that point of frustration, right? That you're, you've been doing it for a month. You've been doing it for 45 days. You, you know, you stop believing in it. But here's the thing. These programs obviously work. People are very successful following these different programs. You just have to be willing to keep going. You know, under, with an understand that, okay, if I do this for six months, nine months, and I haven't made a single dime and spent a lot of money, maybe that's not, maybe you're just not cut out to, to, to do the copywriting or whatever the, the pieces are that's missing. But giving up after a month, like it's very hard to hit success in a month. Like you have to be willing, you, you have to be willing to follow it through because I always say if someone has done it, if someone has taken Russell Brunson's system, you know, made a funnel and sold an online program, that means you can too. You just got to figure out how they did it. And, and the part of it is being self-aware. Sometimes a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they, they think they have to do everything. I always tell people, figure out what you're not good at and get someone else to do that. Like copywriting, right? That's a big part of using funnels and online marketing is the copywriting. Not a lot of people are good at it. So sometimes you got to go out and find that person that can help you. And that may be what it takes, but you have to be willing to make that self-assessment and look and say, what am I not good at? And don't, don't focus on that. Get someone else to do it for you. That's how you get that quicker result. Right. And that's, that's perfect because, you know, um, like when you're starting out, you know, um, either, you know, people say that either you have to give your money or you have to give your time because sure. if you don't have the time, well, you need to spend money to get to that result. And if you don't have, uh, you know, the money, you need to spend time. And 
like a lot of entrepreneurs don't want to do both, right? They mm -hmm. just want to be like out of the game and they just want someone else to do it for them and then just get the result. That, but but unfortunately that's not how it works <laughs> you know you have to put it you have to put in the work and, and i always say to, to be a successful entrepreneur you have to understand all facets of your business right every business i'm involved in i understand how they work i understand from the operations to the financials to the marketing to the sales i know that i'm not good at all those areas so i don't focus in a certain area i focus on what i'm good at and we bring in the right people to help in those areas but I have to have at least a basic understanding of everything because I want to know, you know, if you're starting that online business, right? You need to understand how SEO works, how social media marketing works, how, how important copywriting is, you know, how to make sure your funnel's working and how to, cre how to create, you know, um, lead magnets and things like that. That doesn't mean you have to do all of it. You got to understand it and then find the right people that can do it better than you can. And that's how you get those results. I believe. Okay. Wow. Uh, amazing. So, um, I want to ask, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are, for example, they're afraid of going on YouTube because, mm -hmm. um, like they don't like showing their faces. Um, sure. and, and a lot of people like, you know, they face like these issues in a lot of different areas. So it might be, I don't know, um, you know, even doing podcasts, they don't want people to know about them or, um, <sighs> You know, uh, there's all these different things that come as roadblocks uh, to mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. Um, what advice would you give them? Like, is this something normal that we come across something that we don't like? And then, um, yeah, so like, how, how, how would you react to that? Like, you know, just you're coming up to something you don't like. And then how would you react to that? Yeah, I, I mean, look, everybody in life, we all have things we don't like, right? I mean, it's just... Uh, understand so not everybody's good on video not everybody's good on a podcast that doesn't mean you have to be what i would tell people is okay why don't you like video why don't you understand understand why they don't right like i you know i've done youtube videos i've done a podcast i don't always like hearing myself hearing my own voice i don't always like seeing myself on camera but it doesn't distract me from doing it i now i have other people that they're just you know they're not cut out for video or maybe they're not cut out for a podcast and that's okay you don't have to be good at everything you don't have to do everything i just try and if someone's at, at that point where you know they're coming up to that roadblock i would ask them first why is it a roadblock like what are you what is there a fear is it the fear of what people because if it's just the fear of what people think i think people get over that because no one really cares when you think about it, i remember before i started doing a lot of public speaking someone told me he's like you know Everybody gets nervous, but really when you're out there on stage, most of the people in that audience aren't even paying attention to you. <laughs> They're in their own head. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. And so it made it very easy for me to get up and talk in front of hundreds of people because I said, They're not really thinking about me. So it's kind of, you got to get, you got to, most times in those situations, those roadblocks, it's a simple fear and just address it and say, okay, if it's just a fear, just move forward. Wow. So, you know, that's so helpful. Like you mentioned how, you know, like you, you took that fear and you made it, you thought about it. And then you took it in, in, in terms of the audience saying that, look, I'm, I'm doing a speech, I'm helping them, but some of them, you know, like a lot of people are afraid of haters. Right. And yeah. so what you're saying is like, most people don't want me to pay attention. So right. they're, you know, busy in their own mindset and their own problems. Well, exactly. And, and, 
you know, I even know myself that when I'm, when I'm out listening to people speak, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I didn't hear 45, 50% of what they said because I was in my own head thinking about what I had to do later or what I did the day before. So it's, it's human nature, right? And look, as you get more successful in life, you're going to have haters, right? It happens. You know, I try and be a positive person. I talk about kindness. I try and share positivity. There are still people that leave comments that are negative on some of my social media. You know, I always just say, you know, that's not my problem. That's their own problem. You know, you kind of look at haters that way. If they take the time to go on someone's social media that is trying to spread positivity and say a negative comment, they've got bigger problems in their life to deal with than I do. And that's kind of how, once I started thinking about it that way, it made it very easy to deal with. Awesome. Um, so, um, for someone who is like afraid of, of, uh, video, um, mm -hmm. and like, they know it's really useful to their business, sure. um, and they want to be able to do it, but they just have a fear of like getting onto camera. Like, how would you help someone or guide someone? I, to I just say, do it. <laughs> you have, the more you do it, the better you get the first 10 times you get on camera, it's going to be terrible. I, it, everybody's the first 10, 20 times I got on camera, it's just terrible because you feel uncomfortable, but the more you do and, it, and you can go and look at any YouTuber, right? And you go back and look at their first video to their, compare it to their hundredth video. It's a thousand times better because when you start out, no one's comfortable in front of a camera. It's, it's not human nature. So if you want, if you know, you want to do it and you know, it's good for your business, but you're worried about being on camera, join the club. We're all worried about it. We're all terrible on camera. The more you do it, the better you get. Like think about an athlete, right? The first time an athlete picks up a baseball bat, they can't hit a fastball. The more they practice, the more they swing, the more they do it, the better they get. Same concept being behind a camera or being in front of a camera on video. You got to think about it that way. Just practice. Right. Right, because, you know, everyone wants to have, like, that perfect, you know, video and, like, the perfect environment. Yeah, but here's the thing. I, I, I believe in what, what has actually helped me most in, in my content is the fact that it's not perfect. It's not scripted. It's just very raw. Even my podcast, like, I haven't done it in a while because I, I stopped it for a little bit. But I did 160 episodes completely off the cuff, no script raw, no editing, just, just talk for 15 minutes about something motivational or entrepreneurial. And the, the common comment I got from people was they loved how raw and real it was. It wasn't scripted. It wasn't, it didn't sound like you made it up or wrote it. You just talked from the heart. And so don't focus on being perfect. Just focus on being real and authentic. That's how you gain an audience. I believe. So you actually made that into a benefit, you know, because mm -hmm. you didn't make it perfect. And actually like your audience enjoyed that. Exactly. I, I mean, 100%. And it's one, it's great for me because it makes the process easier. I don't have to edit and, and go through all the stuff that a lot of people do. And, you know, when I started, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but that uh, the overwhelming comments I got from people was they loved how just raw and real it was. They could tell that I was just speaking from my heart, from my head, and not from a piece of paper. Not one episode of 160 did I ever take a single note. It was always me talking from something that happened that week, something I was thinking about, or something I wanted to share with people. So just be, don't, don't focus on perfection. 
focus on authenticity and being real. Like that's how you'll, that's how you really gain that audience. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, of course. So um, let's say, you know, a person who um, like, like these uh, beginner entrepreneurs, right? Like they're mm -hmm. afraid like if they start a business, like they might get too famous and they might lose like their personal life, you know, because, you know, we see like all these people like taking pictures of all these celebrities walking on the street and sure. not being able to order food and stuff. Is that actually a reality? And is that something that we should fear as, as, as entrepreneurs? I, I don't, I, I personally don't believe that is the case. <laughs> I mean, I, I have, I think 30,000 followers or close to 30,000 followers on Instagram. I think maybe four or five times someone has recognized me from there and that's it. And it's so it's not like, again, I think people, they over inflate what is going to happen. You know, there's a million entrepreneurs out there. You know, I don't, I wouldn't worry about that. And guess what? If it happens, you just deal with it. Like that's part of life, right? If you get that famous that people are recognizing you and you don't, have a personal life then you've obviously done a lot of things right and you've increased your business big enough where you're that noticeable embrace it but i don't think it's as much of a worry as people may think right right thank you for uh you know giving advice about that yeah um, of course hopefully it's gonna calm a lot of people down <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes definitely stay calm because you even if you have a hundred thousand followers on instagram most people walking on the street are not going to know who you are. Great. Um, I want to ask, uh, what are your top three books that you would recommend to read or that you really enjoyed reading? The, the, the number one is called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. That's, mm -hmm. that's the single book that changed my life. You know, it's, just, it's, a, it's a very long read, uh, but it's, it's very powerful. So that's, that's a 100% must read book for everybody. Um, another book I would say by Robert Greene, The 48 Laws of Power. Mm. Again, another super long read. Um, it's really, uh, it, it kind of takes these different laws and talks about the historical nature of them, how they applied in history and how you can apply them today. And it's just a really good perspective on life in general and then life in the business world. So that's a great book. The third book, I mean, God, I read so many books and it, it changes over time. How um, many, do you, like, do you read every week? I probably read one or two books a week, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, 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 I read on an average probably 75 books a year. Wow. I just, I just love to read. So um, I would say the other book that I would, you know, as an entrepreneur that really strikes me, uh, that really was a motivation book, is called On Fire. Um, I can't remember the author, but it's, it's his story of how he was burnt as a child and how he just persevered and became this success. And it was one of those books that really got to me emotionally and made me think, well, if this guy could go through all that and be this successful and that positive, what am I complaining about? So it's a really, it's a really good book. It's, it's an emotional book. It'll hit you in the heart, but it's an amazing book. Wow. Thank you for recommending those three books. Yeah. Um, who would you say your, your top three uh, speakers are or influence are that you look up to, that you follow? Sure. Um, I, I would say from an influencer perspective, you know, I, I really like Tim Ferriss because he's very practical. You know, he makes things extremely 
practical and he, and he gets to the essence of the problem. I also love uh, Jocko Willink from the Jocko podcast. He's a Navy SEAL. He wrote Extreme Leadership because he's very much just, he's in your face. It's about doing the work. And that's my philosophy, just do the work. Put in the effort and you'll get the results. And the other one would probably be a toss up between, I like Gary Vee, uh, I like Lewis Howells. Like they're both really good guys. Gary Vee can be a little bit too much for me sometimes because he, I, I think there's a lot of things he talks about that aren't necessarily relatable to, you know, that person that's, you know, you know, he always talks about, well, if you, you know, if you work till, you know, five o'clock, come home and work from seven till two in the morning, you know, on your side hustle. Well, that's great. Or like make all this content, but he has a camera crew following him around. Like he has the, it's a little bit unrelatable to me. Lewis Howes I like, because again, he's practical. He, he interviews great people. So those would probably be the four people I've watched the most, I would say. Awesome. Um, and what are like the top three softwares that you use for your business that you feel like really helped you and your business excel? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say obviously, uh, Canva has always helped, right? It's just, it's a great for, for social posts or content creation. Like that's a great one. Uh, I use the Adobe suite obviously, because that's, you know, for Photoshop and different video. I do like, I, from a video editing perspective, I like Final Cut Pro over Adobe because Final Cut Pro is just a little bit easier to use for me. It's more intuitive. Um, and then the other one, I would say, uh, there's a software, I think it's called Promo Republic now. It is, it's, it's a basically content curation system. So you can basically link all your social profiles into this system and they have already created content under any topic you could possibly imagine from articles you can share to already created graphics and posts to infographics. It's, you know, I think it's like 50 bucks a month, but it's a really good software. Okay. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's, that's all the questions I have uh, up to now. Actually just one more. If you had to yeah. like give advice to uh, young entrepreneurs who are, you know, who are like currently uh, working or actually don't have jobs right now in this situation, mm -hmm. like what is advice would you give to them to actually like keep trying and then just keep looking for ways and just keep improving? I, it, this is going to be very simple advice, but it, to me, it's, it's the advice that rings the truest is just put in the work. Like most people think they're working hard and they're working enough. And that's, there's a big difference. Like it's, if you want to be successful in life, you've got to put in so much more work than you think you're doing right now. And I, and I tell people, and I would tell young entrepreneurs that if you're willing to sacrifice and put in that work for a few years, you'll get to where you want to go. But the problem we have is that we have distractions. And people think they're working hard, but they're working enough. So if you're out there and you're, you're struggling right now, things will get better. I promise you. We're in, a, we're in an interesting time in this country, in this world that none of us could have ever expected. But there's a lot of good that's going to come out of this, I believe. There's a lot of things that will come out of this situation that I think will make society better. So if you're that entrepreneur that's struggling right now, this is the time to, to take a step back assess your skills, put in effort, learn something new and just work harder than you ever have. Like that's what you have to do. Cause if you put in that amount of effort towards something you're going after, you'll get it. I can promise you that. Thank you. I appreciate that so much, Rocco. So yeah.
thank you for coming awesome. on to our show. Um, and you know, you would give us a lot of value, a lot of tips, and you know, uh, I'm glad that you know we're able to get knowledge from someone so successful like you. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. This is a blast. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. So that was it. That's the end of the episode. So way more uh, customers. If you guys are looking to listen to this, uh, it will be uh, online uh, just in a couple more days. Uh, you'll be able to get the audio version. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys next episode. Thank you, guys. Hey, I have a really cool announcement to make. We're having a free summit where we're going to be uh, inviting experts in their industry to come and talk. Um, and uh, the best thing about you guys is that you can register for free. It won't cost you anything. And if you'd like to know how to register, you can go onto the website. It's waymoregymclients.com slash the show. So it's waymoregymclients.com slash the show. Um, and um, yeah, you can just register for free. Uh, you'll know exactly when the date is. Uh, it'll be coming up very soon. And so if you'd like a free ticket, basically you just sign up and um, you'll be able to uh, be registered. Um, and yeah, uh, so I'll be also announcing the topics as well very soon as well. Everything will be on the website. So I hope to see you guys there.